playing in front of the fans over there. That that city, London, has obviously accepted and embraced the Jaguars. It was uh, full of Jaguar fans at Wembley Stadium last week. So talk a little bit about that and the game itself, James. Yeah, the Jaguars, like you said, have been very successful over there across the pond. Third straight game, um, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, third straight game that they have won against a team over there. And um, they went over there this time around, played the Baltimore Ravens. Of course, last year, me and you talked about this uh, last week, but last year it was a divisional game with the new uh, with the Colts. Uh, one in which they won. They almost let it go, but they didn't won. They pulled through in the end. And then before that, it was the Buffalo Bills, one of which they came from behind to win. So uh, they, they just managed to have great luck over there for whatever reason. And um, that being said, this week, or uh, or Sunday, should I say, it was against the Baltimore Ravens, a team that they came into there as the underdogs against, in many people's eyes. I mean, you even talked about it, and I told you, you know, I, I thought the Ravens were going to win, not by much, because because of defensive reasons for, for, for the Jaguars' perspective. I thought the Jags' defense would keep them in it, and they did more than that, <laughs> however. And uh, their offense as well was clicking. And Blake Bortles looked the most confident I, I've seen him look in quite some time, which is a good thing heading forward, and hopefully they can continue that. But um, overall, when you look at all three phases of the game, the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, had a good game on special teams, offense, and especially on defense. Yep, absolutely. And, uh, well, you talked about Bortles. Uh, man, the heat has been on this guy. And, uh, and, and, you know, for good reason. I mean, he, it, it, it's been all, you know, uh, well-deserved. But give him credit. Uh, he has done what it has taken to, to sharpen his game up, James. I think he's a little bit crisper mm-hmm. on his passing game. And uh, he just looks like a really different quarterback. Maybe it took a wake-up call to get this guy straightened out. Yeah, he's always been a, a guy that's, you know, a rhythm passer, so to speak. Uh, so when he's off, he's off, and when he's on, he's on. So it, it just all really pr- pretty much you can tell what kind of game Blake Bortles is going to have for the most part at least by watching him in the beginning of the first quarter or so. That probably will tell you all you need to know. And he started off well, and it continued. It went on to the second, third, fourth, um, and so on. Well, yeah, to the fourth quarter. So he's a guy that... You know, you could tell the mechanics are a little bit better. You can see the spiral is a little bit better. Um, but he struggled with reading defense. I think that's been his biggest downfall this year, at least. And um, kudos to their offensive coordinator, Nathaniel Hackett, for keeping him out of a lot of situations where he really had to read the defense. It was more so about the one-on-one matchups in which, you know, were mismatches for the Jacksonville yep. Jaguars. Um Prime example, Mercedes Lewis on Tony Jefferson. Plain and yep. simple, at 6'6", you know, 266 pounds, Mercedes Lewis outweighs that guy by a lot and is way taller than him. Same thing Good. with, you know, him taking advantage of the mismatches on the outside. And um, at times, you know, he used Marquise Lee's speed to his advantage and 
basically when the defensive backs had their head turned and, and, you know, were basically beat off the line of scrimmage, he took advantage of it and he didn't hesitate. So it was more about, you know, him reading what his receivers was doing more so than the defense. And and that's a good thing when he doesn't have to think as much as he had in the past. Yeah, good good point, and and really a good point, James, on the on the matchup with Mercedes Lewis. And you're right, six six. You try to use that guy best you can. He had three touchdown catches last week, and hopefully uh, Nathaniel Hackett and Bortles can continue to hopefully uh, exploit his uh, his mismatch opportunities in the red zone. Now, this game coming up this week, James, with the Jets, to me. This is uh, this is really one of those growing up kind of games, and, and and what I mean by that, the Jaguars are two and one, the Jets are one and two. I think this is a game on paper that the Jaguars should win, and I think they probably should be favored. And again, with their performance coming off last week's performance, probably the best of Bortles' career. Uh, but like you said, he's streaky. Uh, he's known to to have a good game, bad game. So I think for all those reasons, it's important that the Jags come out, take care of business. I can hear the naysayers now. If the Jaguars come out and lay an egg, you know, then they'll 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 be saying that the Jaguars are you know uh, one step forward, two steps back kind of team. So I think this is a big game for the Jags in their growth, their maturity, and trying to put the past behind them. And by the way, interesting factoid for you, James. The last time the Jags were two and one was the last time we went to the playoffs. That's two thousand seven. Yep. Yeah, I, I had to reach, uh, do some research on that, and go back. I I had to look a, a long ways back to find out the last time this team was three and one at this point in the season, and and that you know, simply put, you know, we were looking at a decade, like you said, Phil. That's a long time. So kudos to all the fans, you know, like myself, I don't know how we were able to do it, <laughs> that we're able to hang in there so long, and hopefully it continues. And um, as you were saying with the Jets, uh, you know, this is a team in which, well, at least Vegas feels like Jacksonville's going to beat them, and I, I think the point differential or the spread is by four points, uh, which, I mean, 3.5, which is four points. So this is the first time they've been road favorites uh, since they played Peyton Manning in 2011, if I'm not mistaken. And that that's a long time as well. So um, that being said, you know, this, this, this is a team in the Jaguars. They're going against a Jets team, which on paper they are indeed better than. But as you said, we don't know if we can exactly trust them right now because of years past. And that being said... You know, like I said, when you look on paper, they are much better than the Jets. Uh, but this will make the the second official week that they are traveling, even though they were the home team last week. So, you know, you, you have to wonder if traveling, uh, you know, from, from London all the way back to Jacksonville, all the way to New York will affect them or New, New Jersey, East Rutherford, should I say. Um, but I think what it'll come down to is the Jacksonville Jaguars um, getting to uh, McCown. And, and because he's one of the fastest quarterbacks in getting the ball out of his hand, I think he's third in the league. They have to get to him. They can't let him get comfortable. Uh, and they, they must crunch down on the run. Right now they're 28th against the run. They cannot allow the Jets to run the ball on them because if they, they cut the Jets off by the head, which is stopping the run, they have a, a great chance to win this game. And I think they you know their defense is suited to do so. 
Now, uh, and, and the Jets, I think it's safe to say that uh, probably caught Miami a, a little bit by surprise last week. I mean, yes. the, the, the Jets, after all, started out with a couple of uh, tough road losses at Buffalo, at Oakland, and uh, really looked bad. In fact, you had a lot of people, James, saying that uh, they could have swore that the, the Jets were probably going ahead and tanking uh, to try to get that high draft pick uh, for next year. But that's why, mm-hmm. you know, you play the games. And so give right. the Jets credit. Right. They were able to come back, get a 20-6 to win over the Dolphins last week. But, uh, again, I just think right now, and, and, and same way with the Jaguars. You know, we started off, and I talked about this earlier, we started off with a big win at Houston, 29-7. to And then, of course, we go to, to home. Everybody's anticipating a great performance. Tennessee comes out. We look good early in that game. And then, uh, of course, Tennessee comes back and runs away with it in a 37-16 win over the Jags. So I just think right now if the Jags can find some consistency, uh, I really think with the personnel that we've got on defense against the matchup with the Dolphins, again, we should be in a pretty good position to take care of business. Yes, I I agree. They should be in position to take care of business. Um and you know, I I haven't made a prediction this week, and I, and this year I'm I'm trying to stray away from predictions because when I predict things, <laughs> the Jaguars tend to lose. But yeah, like you said, they are a much better team than the Jets. Um, I agree that they they seem to have caught Miami off guard. And I mean, another thing is, you know, with divisional opponents, a lot of times, you know, if both teams are close to each other in terms of you know talent. You know, it, it could be a 50-50 thing. So, you know, when when you play in a divisional team, you know them so well to the point where, you know, that, that helps you. And a lot of times, sometimes in divisional games, you will find a, a, a situation where the team that's the least talented still can find a way to win because they know that team so well. So I don't like to put that much into divisional games, but I can see why the Jets would catch Miami by surprise, or not by surprise, but why the Jets would be able to beat Miami in that situation. And, uh, you know, that being said, like I said, I think the Jets are in good shape as, as they travel to East Rutherford. And um, I think, you know, if they just do what they have been doing, that's run the ball uh, because the Jets aren't that good at stopping the run. They're 23rd in the league. If they run the ball, you know, keep Blake Bortles out of bad situations and uh, play good defense, they'll be just fine. Yeah, and and you mentioned running the football. To me, James, I think that's the key uh, with the Jags' good start uh, this year. Leonard Fournette. Uh, has been as good as advertised. He's scored in three consecutive games. I don't think really he's showing any signs of slowing down. The, and I like the touches that he's getting, James. They're, right now I think I saw where he's averaging right at a, about 22 touches a game. I think that's what you do. You keep feeding him the football, uh, and that's what I like with a good running back. The more you get him going, the better he tends to get. I think Fournette is one of those kind of guys uh, the more carries he get, the stronger he gets as the game goes on. And uh, plus, James, a jet defense, a run defense rather, that's given up right at about five yards per carry. So I think those two things add up to a big day for Leonard Fournette. I would agree. And, and people have been kind of critical on Leonard Fournette for his average. And, I mean, for people that watch the game like you and me, Phil, we, we know that despite the 3.5 average uh, per per um, snap that he's getting 
or per carry that he's getting, uh, you know, that's not telling of how he's performed. He's been very good when given the football. Um, and he, you can tell he wears on defenses. You can tell he's a guy that, for the most part, is always getting positive yardage, which is something we can't, we couldn't say in the past. Uh, with with Chris Ivory and T.J. Yeldon, and as you said, like you said, I saw that last night when I was looking through the Jets' um, stat lines. Yeah, they do give up roughly five yards a game, which could be very good for Leonard Fournette, an opportunity for him to get his yards per carry up, and I think that's exactly what could happen on Sunday. Absolutely. So, again, it's the Jags and the Jets. It is uh, Sunday afternoon, and uh, it uh, should be a, uh, a good one. CBS is uh, going to have the game. And, uh, again, I think that if the Jags come out, take care of business, then uh, hopefully we can go to 3-1. To and one. And you look ahead at the schedule, James. Uh, after the Jets, we've got the, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Rams, and the Colts. All before the bye week, obviously the Rams, I think, off to a surprisingly great start. And then Pittsburgh, as always, going to be a tough test. So Jaguars, in a really, uh, in the worst kind of way, need to go ahead and get a win because it could be a little bit of a rough road coming up before the bye week. Right. You, It, it potentially could be. Uh, but at the same time, when you look at the Jags' overall schedule, it's, it's one of the weakest ones in the league. And, I mean, they they need to take advantage of their next three to four games, the ones in which you just named, in my opinion. Not saying they need to win all of them, but they need to win most of them. Um, I was reading the other day, don't know how true it is. Um, I'm going to look more into it, but they were saying that Andrew Luck might not be back until November, which, I mean, that would be great for the Jaguars um, when they go up to uh, Lucas Oil Field to play them. I mean, and, and, I mean the Jags have had success with Andrew Luck on the field as well, but you would think it, they'll have an easier time uh, beating or, or an easier game to beat the Colts uh, on, on October the 22nd, that is, if Andrew Luck wasn't on the field, especially with their revamped defense. Um, so um, the Rams, yeah, the Rams are no pushover this year, and they always have played good defense. Jared Goff is rolling uh, now that they brought in Andrew Withworth to protect his blind side, you know, they look like a much better team. And as Georgia fans, we all know about Todd Gurley, so that's not going to be a cakewalk. But an interesting game, uh, to say the least. And then, like you said, the Steelers game, of course, um, you know, a lot of Vegas probably won't predict the Jags to win that one. But the Steelers haven't looked like the Steelers we've seen in the past. And Steelers fans will tell you that. So there is a chance. There is absolutely a chance that that the Jaguars have, although they will be at Heinz Field. Uh, but you can't discredit them now, um, especially if they win against the Jets this Sunday. James, as always, we appreciate you calling in and talking Jaguars football with us. It's always really good when we've got something positive to talk about, like a, a good Jaguars start. Let's hope they can keep it going up at East Rutherford on Sunday, James. I'm with you there, Phil, man. Ever since I've been coming on your show, we haven't had a lot of positive to talk about with the Jags. <laughs> so it's good to finally talk about a win and have a, a positive outlook on the season. So um, I'll be definitely game to come on uh, Monday and, and talk about the Jags if they hopefully win in East Rutherford against the Jets. And uh, it's it's been a pleasure as always, man. Same here, James. And let's plan on you calling in on uh, on Monday morning for our uh, our weekly Jaguars review. All right.
That, that works for me. James, have a good weekend, and go Jaguars. You as well, Phil, and go Jags. Go Falcons as well. <laughs> there you go. Have a good weekend, James. You as well. Bye-bye.